coming to you from the Jewel of the Pacific. We are Hope and Her. Welcome to the Hope and Her show. We are so excited that you've tuned in today. Today, we are diving into a brand new topic, boundaries. We are talking about boundaries. And so we want to establish what boundaries are before we go all the way in on this topic with you all today. And we are so excited to be talking about this. We've been planning for a while, right? Yeah. And we feel like this is such a, a hot topic. Like people should have boundaries. Exactly. But it's kind of scary because they're like, oh, you just want to put rules on me. Exactly. So let's Tell people what boundaries are. Okay. Boundaries are guidelines, rules, or limits that a person creates to identify reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for other people to behave towards them and how they will respond when someone passes those limits. Ah, that's, yeah. a, that's a definition that right is. there. We have to get Webster on, y'all. I know. <laughs> so basically, boundaries is smart business, right? Especially in marriage, because with these clear limitations— Lines are drawn, and it protects husbands and wives from crossing into the danger zone. But you have to be intentional about that, and the key is to be deliberate, and and that becomes ingrained into who you are over a period of time, right? Exactly. And I think what was super important for us to do is to reach out to you all to reach out to our community, our audience, and to ask you all thought-provoking questions regarding boundaries so that we can get a sense of how you feel about boundaries and whether or not they're established in your relationship. So we went on Instagram and we asked our audience the following questions. And I think we were quite surprised by the results. Yeah, it was interesting. There was um, a bit of a contradiction in here, but there could be some reasons. So yeah, uh, yeah. do you want to read the the first yeah, the first let's result. Dive in. Let's read them. Do you have established boundaries in your relationship? Sixty-four percent of you said no, and thirty-six percent of you said yes. Keep that in mind as I read question number two. Sixty-four percent said no, I don't have boundaries. Thirty-six percent said yeah, girl, I got boundaries. <laughs> question number two: Do you believe boundaries are necessary in order to sustain a successful relationship? 88% of you said, yes, I feel like they are necessary. And 12% of you said no. So that was interesting, right? So while we have 64% saying that they do have these established boundaries, you know, we know what our expectations are. 88% came back and said that they believe that they're important in a successful relationship. Yeah, so weird, right? So what happened, guys? There's a little break there in between, I believe that they're necessary to have a successful relationship, and I don't have them. Well, yeah. You know, so we're looking at these results, and we're we're shocked, but we start talking back and forth a little yeah. bit and thinking like, okay, maybe they believe boundaries are necessary, but they're in a relationship with a partner who feels like boundaries aren't necessary. Right. Oh, you're putting rules on me. I don't want rules in my relationship. We love each other, you know, and we've heard that before. Yes, we should trust each other completely. We, yeah, and I think that kind of neglects the fact that we're all human. Yes, and we, we are. Make mistakes. It's true. We are imperfect human beings. And that is something that we have to consider here. I mean, we, we do tend to fall short. We do. Let's let's go on with these questions. So we also asked number three, do you believe there should be boundaries in the bedroom? 90% of you said yes. There mm -hmm. needs to be some clear boundaries in our bedroom, in our sex life. When we're intimate with one another, we need to have some rules set in place. You know, so that was great. We felt like yeah. that was good. That, that makes something, sense. Yeah, that we believe too. And then 10% of you said no. 
and that we weren't sure about. So yeah, maybe, maybe if the no folks are out there listening, you can kind of tell us what you what you're thinking about that. I'm curious about that. Yeah, always <laughs> reach out to too. us. Yeah, reach out to us on Instagram. Let us know Facebook as well. You know, why do you feel like there shouldn't be boundaries in the bedroom? Yeah. Okay. So the the King James translation, right? Yeah. The marriage bed. It's undefiled. Right. And people take that as a free pass. I know. Like, we can go crazy. Yeah. So let's have like everybody in the bedroom. It's a party in the Jones house tonight. Yeah. (laughs) So I am not sure about the 10% who said no, but that's okay. We love getting these calls back because we kind of recognize that we have such a wide variety in our audience. And we love that. We We love getting some pushback on these questions. All right. And question number four we asked is, do you feel comfortable with your spouse having close friends of the opposite sex? 62% said no. And 38% said yes. And I think me and Audrey felt some type of way about that question about having friends of the opposite sex. Yes. Because, you know, this is actually a boundary that me and my husband established in our our marriage very early on. And in fact, it, it's good to establish these things even before you get married. I would say while you're dating, yeah, right? Don't wait I for agree. anything to, to pop up when you're married and all of a sudden you're shocked. What do you mean I can't do X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's this story and my husband is going to kill me. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. I'm really sorry, Tim. I love you so much. But when we were first married, you know, he's in the in the military. Uh-huh. Okay. And a part of being in the military, a lot of times you go off for training. Yeah. And you can be in the school for several months at a time. Mm-hmm. And he was. He was going to be in the school for several months, you know, and I, I had a job, so I couldn't go with him. Mm-hmm. Plus, I was I was pregnant at the time too. Oh. I remember him talking about this female. And I can't say her name, of course. I would get in a lot of trouble. But he was talking about this female and then another friend at the school. I mean, they had this, you know, this this friendship going on, the three of them. And they yeah. were all staying at this this hotel uh-huh. close to the school. So they weren't in barracks. They were put up at this hotel for several months. Yeah. And anyways, so I was getting a little jealous. There's there is a little part of me that was was jealous. Do I trust my spouse? Absolutely. But at the same time. I know that we're imperfect human beings. Yeah. Okay. So I finally get to go and join him. Plan all along was for me to leave my job at a certain month so I could be with him. And anyways, I get there and I meet her. And all of a sudden I started getting very uncomfortable because she was becoming extremely vulnerable to my husband Mm -hmm. and and their, their other friend about her own marriage. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. She was getting very vulnerable and very personal about what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like that at all. I I did not care for that. And I I told my husband about him, like, look, I've got a really bad feeling about what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And he had enough respect for, for me and my feelings that he said, okay. Wow. All right, I'm I'm going to put uh, a line there, and you know we'll just keep it professional. Yeah, and that's incredible. Yeah, it, that's incredible. He responded in that way. It really was because a lot of I think you know I, I hear these stories, and, and it, a lot of times it does not go that well. Mm-hmm. Don't you trust me? Again, yeah. I always I always mock that question, but the thing is, is that 
my little antenna that were that were going off. Is that the right expression? My little antennas that yeah. were going off. <laughs> there was something that happened, mm-hmm. except it wasn't with my husband though. Mm-hmm. It was with her and the male friend. Exactly. And they were both married at the time. And the problem, I mean, that is a very big problem. Yeah. Obviously. But when you give yourself sexually to someone else and you make that slip, okay, accidents happen. But when you make that slip, that is something that will follow you for the rest of your life. Yes, it will. And it doesn't just affect you and your spouse. It then affects the children as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. If you guys have kids, it will affect them. Right. And it just goes down the line from there. It then will affect their children. Mm-hmm. It's got like this domino effect, right? You were yeah. talking about this domino effect earlier, yeah. Ashley. Do you want to share that with everybody? Yeah, just how it can be generational. It definitely can be generational when mistakes are made. And you have to set up these boundaries with your spouse early on in the relationship mm-hmm. like Audrey did with her husband. And the reason why is because mistakes are made and we understand that we are human and we are imperfect. And these type of mistakes can follow you and they can her, not just you, like she was saying, but your children, your children's children. And it can be something that can be detrimental to you in the long term. And you don't want to make those mistakes. And the best way to not make those mistakes is to safeguard yourself. And I think that's something that you had said earlier is putting up those guardrails. Yes. talk about that a little bit? I love that, the guardrails. So me and Ashley both grew up in, in church. Ashley is a pastor's daughter. And <laughs> okay. Yes. And so she's a pastor's daughter and we call her our office pastor. I love it so much. And I also grew up in church as well. You know, I think from my my first service, I was seven days old and they had a special couch for me and my mom to be comfortable. Yeah, it was at my my mamaw's church. Yeah, it was a a little country church. But uh, I think when I was about six years old, we started going to another church and that was just it for us, even when I was in college. And my pastor did this phenomenal series on boundaries, and he titled them guardrails, oh, right? Nice. Yes. Those guardrails, like we, you know, when we're driving down the road, mm-hmm. they protect us from going over that cliff, right? Mm-hmm. When we have that yes. in place. Yes. Okay. Nobody ever said, oh man, I wish I, I didn't have guardrails right there. Yeah. How dare they put those limits on me? Yeah. I mean, you don't get on the road and plan to have an accident. You do not. You don't. Like 99.9% of the time, mm-hmm. that's not your intention when you get behind the wheel of the car, but the guardrail no. is there to keep you safe yes. just in case. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, of course, you know, this is not all coming from, you know, me. Again, that's all my pastor, Love and Truth Church in Jackson, Tennessee, yes. Pastor Eddie Couples. You can listen to their podcasts. They put all of the sermons up. So, yeah, and free that's shout incredible. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. And I love that, what he said about girl because it just goes to show how boundaries are there to protect you sometimes from yourself. Yes. It's also there to protect you from other people because when you're driving, you're not just driving for yourself, but you're driving for those who are surrounding you, those who are around you, because someone might not be paying attention. And that's why it's important for you to be extra vigilant. And there might be some days where you're not having the best day and you're the one who's not paying the the most attention on the road. Exactly. Those boundaries protect you from yourself and they protect you from the other drivers who are around you. And that's so important. That is so important to have those things in place, set in stone, so that you know, okay, I can't let myself go there. 
Come on, reel it on back. I, I shouldn't be thinking about that. I shouldn't be checking on that ex from way back when. I shouldn't exactly. be doing these, these That's are a boundaries. good boundary to have. Yes, that online activity. Yes. That is such a good point. The online activity. Yes. Exactly. If you have to delete your browsing history, mm-hmm. you know that you are stepping over the line right there, right? Yes. And 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 it can be easy for you. And and you probably don't even mean anything. You're just Facebook stalking, right? Or mm-hmm. or Instagram stalking, whatever. But you're like, hey, I wonder what Jack in 2003 is up to. I, exactly. I bet he weighs like, I don't know, 350 pounds and he's lost all of his hair. Oh, oh no, he doesn't. He looks like he's doing quite well. Yeah. I should reach out to him. Jack's mm-hmm. been in the gym. Jack's been <laughs> in the gym. No, you have to stop it right there. Yeah, you sure do. And you've got to set up those sexual boundaries, those emotional boundaries, those spiritual boundaries. And those things should be as clear as the physical boundaries we see every day. And you may be thinking, what physical boundaries do we see? Not only do we see guardrails, we see Mm -hmm. fences, we see lines, we see all these different means that are physical boundaries that we see. Your property has property lines that can be looked up and you say, this is where my property begins and this is where it ends. This is what I'm responsible for. This is what I'm supposed to take care of. This land is what I'm supposed to cultivate. That same thing goes for you and your spiritual emotional, and just all these other means, your mental health, all these other means need to be protected by boundaries. These are things that you are responsible for that you need to make sure that you protect, not just from others, but also from yourself, because we all make mistakes and have bad days where we need to make sure that those safeguards are in place. Yes, that's so true. And, you know, here's one one question that you can ask yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Would it be pleasing to God? Mm. Okay. So important. In Colossians 1.10, it's written, so that you may have a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit and every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Honor God with your bodies. Live in a way that is pleasing to him. Oh, so, so good. And so important for us to always bring the Lord into it. Yes. That's something that's important to us here at Hope and Her is to make sure that we are being responsible and that we're being good stewards over our listenership, over you all. And that's why we take the time to do the research and really try Mm -hmm. to bring you guys you know, just great information and great content so that it can hopefully help you in your spiritual lives as well as in your relationships with your spouses. I think something that we should also discuss is how to start the topic of having boundaries with your spouse. You've never talked about this before. How should I bring it up to him? How should I talk to him about this? What if he doesn't want boundaries? Mm -hmm. What if he thinks that I'm putting limits on him or I'm being unfair or I'm being judgy because I'm doing a lot? This is something that needs to be talked about, and you've got to have the courage to have that discussion. And I think it's so important for you to know when's the right time. When is the right time to bring this up? So I think we've got a couple tips. Yeah, there's a, there's some good ones here. Yeah. I like this. And actually, we also got some tips from, from Mark Gunger. Yeah, we love Mark Gunger. We do. We're Gungerites. Is that yeah. what it's called? We're Gungerites. We're Gungerites. Yes, I miss his podcast so much. But he wrote this book called The Battle Over the Rules. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. It's really good. It's a super quick read. I mean, you could read it in, I don't know, what, a day? Yeah. And me and you, we both have two kids. Ashley over here has a newborn yes. and a uh, and a, a son who just turned two. Yes, little Dave. He's adorable. Her children are so cute. And then my children are, they just celebrated their birthdays, four Aww. and six. So if we can read it in a day, 
It's like that's a quick read, right? Yeah, definitely a quick read. So he gave a couple of suggestions on um, questions that you can ask. But before we get to those questions that you can ask, Ashley, why don't you give me or give our listeners like an idea of how to bring up those questions? Yeah. All right. So you need to be able to read your spouse. Yes. You need to be able to make sure that they're in a good mood or, you know, a, a move where they can have a conversation where it's not going to be attack mode on them. They're not going to feel attacked. And you're also not going to feel like, oh, their defenses are going to be up as soon as I bring this up because it wasn't the best time. So we don't want you to bring it up in the middle of an argument. Right. Or, you know, your spouse is sitting there relaxing, you know, watching deep mesmerized by a game or something like that. <laughs> and then just right in the middle, you stand in front of the TV and you say, we're going to talk about boundaries. I promise you, you're not going to get the reaction that you're hoping for. It will not end well. Yeah. If you if you go into it with that, with that aura, with that energy, yeah. that kind of, a, I'm going to attack kind of energy. Make sure that you are not reacting or having a reaction to what's been happening in your relationship. You also need to be able to read yourself. Am I in a good place to bring this up? Exactly. Is my spouse going to think that I'm attacking them by bringing this up? How's my mood today? You know, am I feeling overwhelmed and tired by the kids? So yes, if you are feeling that way, you do need to bring up boundaries. You do need to bring up expectations of your spouse. You do need to say, I need help. We need to tweak the brown boundaries that we once established or established new boundaries because what's going on right now in our relationship isn't working. And if we're saying that, then this is a conversation that needs to happen. But you need to make sure that you're in a good place to make that conversation happen, to make it an effective and efficient conversation where it's not a yelling match or a screaming match. We don't want that to happen. We want you to be able to talk to your spouse openly and just be able to share your feelings in your heart with them, but still doing it in a loving and respectful way. Right. Just, you know, tell them that you'd like to talk about something that you believe, you know, will be mutually beneficial for the both of you. Hey, hon, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You know, is, can we set a time aside when we can talk when the kids are in bed, you know, or when you have a, a spare moment? I know you're working right now, whatever it is. Remain calm. Talk in a normal tone. Do not allow your emotions to get the best of you. This is an emotional topic. Setting boundaries. Boundaries is a big deal in a relationship. So remember, emotions are indicators, but not dictators. Do not allow your emotions to dictate how you react or respond to your spouse. Make sure that you are in a good place. I can't stretch that enough to have this conversation so that you don't go into attack mode, but that you respectfully bring this information up to your spouse and have the conversation openly. Yes, guys, this is why Ashley is called the office pastor here. She is wise beyond her years. Thanks, Ash. You're welcome. So let's talk about some questions that Mark Gunger had brought up in mm -hmm. so the Battle important. Over the Rules. What do you expect of me? Mm, that's a good one. What do you expect of me? I yes. mean, it's a simple question, but have you asked your spouse that lately? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Actually, that's a that's a good topic that I should bring home tonight. Yeah. Right. What do you expect of me? Yes. <laughs> Just let me know. Who does what? Oh, that's, uh, that's a good, good one. one. Yeah, yeah, because you know, a lot of people, a lot of couples, begin to keep a scorecard. Mm, yes. And that is not healthy. Not well, healthy. I did this, so mm. couldn't you have done that? Yeah. yeah I took out the trash. I gave the kids a bath. I'm folding the clothes. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the laundry. And if you're getting to that point where you're nagging, I feel like the boundaries haven't been established. Right. And it's something that needs to be talked about. Exactly. So who does what? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. Uh, that was a big one in our marriage. 
And it's something that I I really do appreciate, I'll be honest here, is that I'm not keeping a a scorecard with Mm -hmm. him. And I mean, that was very important to us. I told him that we were just not going to do that. Yeah. But it was important for us to establish who was going to do what at the same time. Yeah. My husband is a great cook. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. I've got to give Kyle a shout out. He's an awesome cook. I hear that he's just got a new smoker. Oh, he did. And he's in love with it. Shout out to Lowe's for that Father's Day sale. Like, oh, he loves it. We love Lowe's. <laughs> and we love fathers and good fathers and yeah. smokers. And I want you guys to come over. But anyway, so who does what? So my mm-hmm. husband, he does the cooking. But I do the cleaning, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that that's pretty fair. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so I will do the dishes. He'll do the cooking with this, this new brand. Mm-hmm. I've been working a little later than I normally do. Yeah. So while I'll do the laundry, I'll wash the laundry and I'll do the separates and whatnot. He has been great about, you know, folding them and, and putting the clothes. Oh, my gosh. She's yes, amazing. on hand. Let mm-hmm. me tell you, folding clothes in our house is it's a struggle, you guys. I'm going to be honest. Oh, we yeah. will wash the clothes. We will dry the clothes. Folding the clothes. That's like, dun, dun, dun. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate folding the clothes. And putting them on hangers and then putting them away in the closet. Yeah. it's All these Laundry is a big task. Broken yes. down into multiple small tasks. It but, is. Yeah. And that is one thing I've been like just just so appreciative of is that he has been putting away the laundry, you know, during this time of my life because we understand what's on each other's plates. And that goes oh, along with tweaking so your expectations, yes, too. That's so important to depending understand on the, what's on the other person's plate. Yeah. Oh depending on the circumstance, you can tweak these, right? Yeah. So who does what? All right. And the next one. Where are the borders of your conscience? Mm. Oh, so what do you think, Ashley? Wow. Deep. Where? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Where are the borders of your conscience? Wow. Yes. So I remember in this guardrails sermon, Mm -hmm. you know, it's funny. I just asked Ashley, what do you think, Ashley? Well, let me tell you first what I think. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Tell me. Tell me. I will tell you, though. I was re-listening to the guardrails series. Uh Actually, I know that I have listened to the series like a million times Mm -hmm. because it's really good. Yeah. But one of the things that my pastor has in place at his church is that they are not allowed to have members of the opposite sex in closed offices, closed door, behind closed doors. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of stumbled over my words here, but behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, Because, again, we are human. So true. We, I mean, it, no, nobody ever gets married and they, they say, well, I am standing at the altar and I love you and you're beautiful and you're wonderful. Nobody stands at the altar and says, but I'm going to have multiple affairs. Yeah, okay. Nobody says that. A lot of times, if they do, that's I don't know why you're at the altar. Exactly. <laughs> don't go to the altar. Okay. If if that's what you're going to do, yeah, take off. But nobody stands at the altar, you know, with the intention to love this person and to care for this person through sickness and in health, yeah. but also with the intention of having multiple affairs. Yeah. Right. Okay. A lot of times, it kind of happens because you have allowed yourself to become vulnerable with another person, and you open up with them, and you allow them to open up to you. So, so right. So that is one of the boundaries that they have at our our church. And I think that's an important boundary to have. Yeah. I don't think you need to be behind closed doors with someone of the opposite sex who's right. not your spouse. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And he had said something, you know, if, if that were to happen, I will be your your voice of reason here. Yeah. Okay. So you have got to know 
your spouse's order of conscience. And you know what? Again, that just goes back to when you're dating even. Something yep. to, f- to figure out. Communication is mm-hmm. so important in a relationship. Being able to relay these things effectively to your spouse in a non-attacking, loving, and respectful way is the way to go. It's right. the way to go. You've got to be able to talk these things out. Yeah. And so the next one is, what offends you? Mm. Oh, okay. So Ashley, now I really do want to know, what offends Ashley? Hmm, let's let me think on this. What is what do I catch up? Because I try, I do, I do. I try not to carry around a spirit of offense where I'm easily offended about things. So I'm trying to think of something that would deeply offend me if my spouse did it, correct? You're right. Yeah. I think honestly it would be crossing that border with someone of the opposite sex. You know, whether it's, you know, Oh, I just decided to go and visit this person who I've been really close to from, you know, maybe it was a childhood friend that was of the opposite sex. Or, yeah, I I think I wouldn't, I definitely, I wouldn't like that. I think I would feel a bit uncomfortable. I'm going to go have drinks with Phyllis. Yeah. Or so, yeah, actually, a female co worker from work or something like that out having drinks late by herself. There's no guy co workers there. Yeah. You know, a red flag, red flag going off. And I, I don't, this is what I do want to say. Ladies, it does not make you, oh, you're self-conscious or you don't trust him. I don't want you to think that. I just want you to think that you want your spouse to respect you because I'm pretty sure that he would not want you having drinks with a male coworker by yourself. Right. So the same goes for you, ladies. If you're out there and you know you're married and you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to have a couple drinks with Rob. What's it going to hurt? You know, that's something that you definitely need to reconsider. That's right. what I do want to say. I mean, you can break up these details, like these intimate details, but really having these boundaries in place, it helps you to honor your spouse. Yes, it does. It really does with these these very personal details about your life. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. So that's a big one. That's a that's a big one for us, um, you know, about what offends me and yeah. I'm pretty sure my husband as well. Yeah. Right. And I would not fault him at all. Okay. So the next one. How much do we spend on that? Oh. Oh, that's a tough one, right? Yeah. That money talk is, that's a big one. Yes, it is. I'll tell you what, and every, I'm not going to say every relationship, but the majority of relationships, I would say that one typically is more of a spender Mm -hmm. than the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So again, this is actually all of these questions, again, should be questions that you you can ask, you know, while you're dating. That's healthy to ask yeah. while you're dating before you take it a step further into engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, again, ask your fiance. Yeah. And then keep going back to these questions, you, you know, as you are married and circumstances change. But anyways, how much do we spend on that? Yeah, super yeah. important. And I think just to point out. One of the top five reasons that couples end up splitting up is money. It is a debate about money. It's, I feel like we're spending too much. I feel like we're not spending enough in this area. You're too tight with the money. Well, you're too, you know, you're too free with the money. You know, it's just flying out of our pockets here. You know, and so I think that conversation is important to have. And we keep talking about how important it is to talk to your spouse because we know that communication is like super, super, just it's important. It's important to be able to have these conversations. And when you don't have these conversations and you know, oh, I know what my spouse is 
favorite color is, or I know that they like their meat medium rare. Those are great, but these things are so yes. much more important to know. Don't be afraid to have these talks. So important, you guys. I think what we should talk about is our new section. Yes. Are you ready to talk about our new section? Okay, and you guys might hate the name, but <laughs> we have to keep it lighthearted at the same we time. We do. We get some heavy questions, you guys. And so with the heaviness, we like to mix it up with a little lightheartedness, like Audrey said. So this new section that we're introducing is called... The Doom in the Bedroom. Yes, The Doom in the Bedroom. And that is where we're going to be answering the questions that you have asked us on Instagram or on Facebook. If you've sent them in via email, we're going to answer those too. So wherever you found the best place it is for you to reach us, that's where we're going to be answering your questions honestly and openly because this platform is for you guys. It is for you. And so we want to engage with you as much as possible. And we feel like the best way to do that is by answering your questions. Yes. So let's move on to this. So Ashley, what is the uh, the first question that we have? Ooh. Question number one. How do you deal with the feeling of being a disappointment? Oh, yeah, that is pretty, that, that is very heavy. And so what she's probably referring to, I would imagine, is that we, we as you guys know, we help women who have this female condition called vaginismus. Yes. Which causes either impossible penetration, and that can be of, you know, a tampon. Mm -hmm. If you're a young girl, it could be a, a penis, right? Mm -hmm. Or it could be a speculum mm -hmm. at the OBGYN. But this condition can prevent all forms of vaginal penetration. There may be some penetration, and if there is, then it's painful. But you know what? Just for the sake of fluidity, instead of just calling it vaginismus, we're just going to call it impossible penetration. Yes. Right. Yeah. So she's probably talking about impossible penetration. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with the feeling of being a disappointment? And this question breaks my heart. It does. She didn't really elaborate this this question so much. Um, she could be married. Mm -hmm. And if she is. Honey, you are not a disappointment. You have value. Yes, you do. You have so much value. Yeah, and it's so important to know your value. We want you to know that even if you're unable to um, have successful sex at this point in your life, your spouse, your significant other, your partner should be there encouraging you. And I want you to go to them and tell them that, I am struggling with these feelings that I'm a disappointment to you because sometimes our feelings play tricks on us. And right. even though you think that you might be a disappointment to him, you may not be. You may not be. He may not feel that way at all. And so I think just being open with him and saying, look, I feel like I'm a disappointment to you and I don't want to feel this way. You know, I could use some encouragement from you. I can use some words of affirmation that we're in this together. And that, that gives you more life, right? Yes, like it, it rejuvenates you to like keep going with the yes. process. And it helps you build up momentum to keep trying from trainer to trainer that you're going to keep going at this and that you're going to overcome it. And with that constant and consistent encouragement from your significant other, oh man, it just makes all the difference. So tell them what you need. Tell them that is an emotional need of mine. I need words of affirmation in this season of my life. I need encouragement. And I would love it if you would be the one to supply that for me. Exactly. And, you know, something that um, I do tell the the men mm -hmm. in these scenarios 
is that you have to be her cheerleader. Yeah. Right? You have got to be her encourager and you have to love her because one fear that they do have, Mm -hmm. a lot of women we've come to find out, is that their husbands are going to leave them. Yes. Yeah. That's how they feel. That's what knowing that your spouse isn't going to leave, having that affirmation consistently is important. And if that's something that you need, tell them that I need this from you. Can you please give this to me? Can you be more giving of yourself in this area? Because I need that affirmation. Right. And you know what I also would suggest to to this woman and others like her is to join our support group. Right. And, you know, and it's not just limited to women. We, you know, we welcome their spouses with open arms. We sure do. Yes, we do, because we 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 love these people so much and we care about their marriages um, and, and where they're at. Right. A lot of times these marriages are kind of in a, a delicate spot here. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely this is definitely a condition that will um, it's, it's of sensitive nature. It's right. a condition of sensitive nature. And so it needs to be dealt with sensitively. So, I, yeah, with so a lot funny. of compassion. And one thing that we have to say, though. Um, that's very important is that this condition is also very, very treatable. Yes. Now, don't beat yourself up. This condition is not your fault. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that over and over again. It is not your fault. Okay. It is very treatable. Mm-hmm. And a part of that is just changing, you know, that perception, that negative perception about penetration. Yeah. Okay. And also being able to expose yourself to those overactive muscles. Okay. And, and getting more familiar with those muscles and, you know, maybe you need to touch them and train yourself like how to, how to control them. Yes. Okay. You identify where those muscles are. And then once you do that, you are then able to tighten them by yourself Mm -hmm. and release them by yourself. Okay. So you identify the muscles, Mm -hmm. you learn to control the muscles, Mm -hmm. you get very exposed with your body. Mm-hmm. and the trainers, mm-hmm. all while you're working to change this perception, yeah. this negative perception about about sex and intimacy and healthy body images. So and that's so good. Ash. I'm so glad that you cleared a lot of that up because I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding sex, surrounding impossible penetration, uh, surrounding this sensitive condition. There's so many misconceptions. So I'm glad that you brought that up Thank and kind of cleared the air so people can know this is this is the truth. Just reinforcing that, you know, it penetration doesn't have to hurt. Right. That it's not painful, that I can do this. So that's that's amazing. Let's dive into question number two. Yeah. How do you stay motivated to cure impossible penetration when it's been years? Oh, see, that's another one that breaks my heart, too. Yeah. It's really sad because we have met so many women who have, you know, they've gone through years of, of treatment with other specialists, right? Yes. And they just keep going back and and back and they kind of fall into a bit of learned hopelessness mm-hmm. because all of these methods have failed. And now it's been years and there's probably been, you know, failed relationships. Mm. And it's really sad when a woman misses that time to become a mother. Oh, yeah. So there there could be a lot of years that are spent trying to to find that solution. So, Ashley, what are your thoughts, though, on this? How to stay motivated? Well, I definitely believe that motivation is something that happens from within. You have to find the motivation from within. And I always tell women, um, you have to 
know what your why is. Why did you start mm. this treatment program? Why did you seek out help for this condition? Wh what's important to you? Do you want to be able to have pain-free intercourse with your spouse and, you know, just grow in that relationship with your spouse? Do you want to be able to have a baby? If those are your reasons why, then I want you to take the time to write them out and be as detailed as possible. I want you to write out what you want that first experience to be like with your spouse with when there's no pain at all and you just want to, you know, completely just up the intimacy in the room. You know, you want to light candles. You want to make sure that the smell in the room is good. You know what? I want you to be so detailed with it because I want you to be able to imagine it in your head because that's what's going to motivate you is to have that kind of that detail, you know, going on within like, yes, this is my why. This is what I'm doing it for. That baby, like imagine yourself holding that child for the very first time, you know, smelling that new baby smell. Oh, I no. miss that. I just, I just had that, hair. but I miss it already. Yeah, that's that new baby smell. Looking at that child for the first time. Imagine those things because that is going to be the reason why you keep going when things get tough. That's going to be the reason why you push through when you feel like, oh man, I'm I'm struggling in this season of my life, but I know I got to push through because I want to hold that baby because I want to um, make love to my husband and, and not hurt at all. I want to be able to experience these things that life has to offer. And I, I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up on, on my dream. I don't want to give up on my why. Right. Yeah. I like that. That was deep. That was deep because, you know, the thing is, whenever a woman has this condition, everything seems to kind of begin to, to focus around it, unfortunately. Oh, so and it's it's really sad, mm -hmm. but everything becomes focused around this. And, you know, whether she's a, a young girl and she's embarrassed because she can't wear a tampon and her friends are going swimming, but she can't. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, she's an athlete mm -hmm. and... Again, it's that tampon thing. She can't insert the tampon yeah. and she's uncomfortable while she's trying to move. But also, again, about having that loving, intimate relationship with your spouse, yeah. that that special connection that you get to share with them and nobody else. And you're giving of yourself and they're giving of themselves. And it's a very special relationship. Yeah, and it truly is. Yes. So what is it? What is your why? Ask yourself that. And if you would like to share your why with us, we really would love that. Yeah. And wow, what what an incredible, what an incredible time we have talking to you all about boundaries today. I mean, yeah. every time we get to do the podcast, me and Audrey are both so excited. It's something that we enjoy doing so much. And we just hope that you're enjoying it too. Um, if you have any questions that you want to send in, we love hearing from you all. Like I said, this platform is completely for you. We want to be able to deliver the information that you want to hear. So if you have any questions, please just reach out to us. Instagram.com backslash hope and her. You know, you can reach out to us on Facebook. Our page is Hope and Her there as well. And then you can email us, care right. at hopeandher.com. We yeah. want to hear from you guys. We you do. are so important to us. We have such a heart to serve you all. And so that's what we want to just continue to do. Yeah. And you know what? And when we answer your questions, we will never tell the audience who you are. Yeah. You will get to remain completely anonymous. Yeah. And we want you to be able to um, you know, be as open as you want to be about your yeah. questions. That that frees, uh, you know, there's that, that freeing feeling of yeah. getting to just 
ask this question. I can't ask anybody else. Yeah, no um, one's going to judge me right. if I ask. And yeah, that's nobody exactly. will. Yeah, because nobody we, will. Yeah, and not even us because we we have a genuine love for for our audience. We've been working in this field for a while, and and we've talked with you. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've read your emails, mm-hmm. and you know, we have actually formed some friendships. Act, yeah, you know, over the phone, and 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 we we love you guys. We do. We truly do. And we thank you guys so much for coming on. Like we said, we'll be here again next Tuesday. Um, So continue to subscribe if you haven't already. You can follow us on Instagram. You can like us on Facebook. We are on these different platforms to connect with you all. So thank you so much for coming on to the show. That's right. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs>